Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. And welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News, where today on this show, we're going to have Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York. She's joining us. Congresswoman Tenney has a fascinating story. She came in on the wave of the Trump election of 2016. She got ousted during the Democratic wave of 2018, and she won and came back in 2020, barely just a few hundred votes. Uh, to recapture her seat in 2020. Um, and she has been a voice of not only the Trump agenda, but I think of common sense. You know, one of the things that we live in this era right now, and I hear so often, why are we so extreme? Why are we so angry? Why are we so crazy? Why are we so violent? Why can't common sense prevail? And as you know, common sense has uh, been here since the beginning of the American experience. In fact, it was the name of a famous pamphlet that went around, I believe, Thomas Paine in the, in the 1770s. America was founded on common sense. And when we get a little on the crazy side, common sense comes back. And I think Congresswoman uh, Tenney really has uh, a message that resonates at that common sense level, whether it's border control, uh, whether it's Maxine Waters, whether it is um, uh, Joe Biden's agenda spending um, uh, MLB's anti-Trump exemption, I'm sorry, anti-trust exemption. Uh, I guess they have an anti-Trump exemption too, it appears. Uh, all those things have been put together in an important uh, paradigm. And I think when you listen to the Congresswoman, you'll hear today that there are many ways for conservatives, Republicans, centrists, even Democrats to connect better with the American people who are distrustful of of censorship, distrustful of dis, uh, disorder and lawlessness, who are distrustful of open borders, who are distrustful of extravagant government spending. Uh, I think uh, Congresswoman Tenney is going to talk a little bit about the message that connects. She's in that purple district. She's got um, the ability to win it. She's shown it not once, but twice. And I think uh, listening to her about those issues and also about the issues of oversight that our government is not doing a good job on, uh, a really great opportunity. Now, before we get to that interview, we'll have Congressman Claudia Tenney on here in just a few minutes. Uh, so bear with us. We'll have her on in a few seconds. I wanted to go to one of the stories on the site today because one of the things that we 
try to do as an investigative news organization, as a news organization, as a fact-driven news organization, is to follow the money. So if you're a company that opposes Georgia uh, and its voting laws, but you're still doing business with Communist China, which represses voting, uh, as you've seen in Hong Kong, uh, we, we try to highlight that. But we've got one today that I think is really important. Uh, if you remember last year when it was first suggested that the Wuhan Virology Institute in Wuhan, China may have been an accidental source of the coronavirus outbreak, there was all sorts of catcalls and, and criticisms and, and uh, vitriolic attacks and cancel culture uh, aimed at President Trump and Peter Navarro and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, many others. But over time, the facts have prevailed, and now there is a growing belief, a growing consensus that this virus was not naturally evolving and that it could have uh, come from this uh, lab. And so you begin to take a look then at who are some of the people involved with the lab and um, where do they get some of their money. And uh, you know we have highlighted at Just the News several times this nonprofit that you know had a connection to the uh, the lab. It was called EcoHealth Alliance out of New York. It's a biomedical nonprofit. It's headed by a British zoologist by the name of Peter Daszak, respected man. Um, but you know they had been under scrutiny for some time for for funding some of their money. Uh, there were tax dollars that came from NIH, as I recall, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And a lot of people question, well, what's going on there? Were they doing gain of function? Were they change the virus, make it more weaponized or more dangerous, or just change its function in general? Uh, there's a lot of denials, a lot of unclear answers as to what was happening, why, and before. But uh, one thing that is known about EcoHealth Alliance, thanks to the good work of my colleague, Daniel Payne, is that it was getting significant relief funding last year from uh, the COVID uh, relief program. Uh, I believe we've tracked uh, about $1.5 million in tax dollars that went to it for COVID relief. And I think one of the questions that comes is we always want to, we want to support all businesses that were hit hard by the pandemic, but this particular nonprofit, its work for the NIH and its um, relationship with the Wuhan Virology Institute just hasn't been fully explored. And it raises that question. What sort of due diligence did the government do on the PPP loans, on NIH grants, so many other things? And I don't think we know the answer. And I think that was the point of the story today, which is when you follow the money, some of it goes to a controversial uh, outlay uh, to a, a nonprofit with ties to the Chinese Research Center. And have we done our due diligence? If you listen to WHO, World Health Organization, they try to poo-poo the idea of Wuhan. When you talk to State Department officials, U.S. intelligence officials, former Trump officials, current Biden officials, there seems to be growing suspect that the virus may have accidentally escaped through bad protocol or practices, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, it hasn't been proven, but there's some reason why our smartest intel health and other officials, heck, the former head of the CDC, Robert Redingfeld, said he thought it came from there. Peter Navarro said he thought it came from there. The president, Mike Pompeo, made pretty clear. That many smart people saying it makes you wonder, what don't we know? What don't we know about the relationships, the 
the, the uh, protections. And so following the money is an important part of our job. And I think today Daniel Payne provided a public service by tracking this new money that went in 2020 to this nonprofit for which there are still questions about its work at the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology. And we're just working to get more truth. We're trying to find out more about what the work really was, what it was done, what FOIAs are out there. I suspect we're going to break a lot more news on this. But uh, again, it's the sort of journalism we do every day, and I think it's important journalism. Hope you enjoy it. Now, we're going to take that quick commercial break. When we come back, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from New York joining us after the commercial break. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody who's back in Congress. I know a lot of people are excited about that. And making a splash already with lots of different uh, policy ideas and movements. Joining us right now is Congresswoman Claudia Tenney from the great state of New York. Congresswoman, welcome aboard. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be on. You're doing a great job. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it's so good to have you back in Congress. And I know you're uh, you got a late start, but you're you're uh, making a big splash already. And um, I want to start with one of the things we were just talking about off air that I think is so important. You're working on creating an election integrity caucus and, and really trying to get the messaging right for conservatives and centrists and common sense people to support election integrity. Tell us how that's going. Yeah, it's been great. We've got, uh, I think, 25 or 30 co-sponsors are, are already or members of the caucus. I'm actually co-chairing it with Congressman Mike Garcia who is uh, also won a very close race and, and on top of a special election out in California. Right. And uh, he's just, we both know what it's like to have a close election. We both come from very blue states with very liberal uh, voting laws that we think in some cases are harmful and undermine the integrity of our vote. And that's something that we, the main purpose of the caucus is to make sure that everyone understands how sacred their right to vote is in this country to have a private vote without someone leaning on you and knowing how you voted, and also to make sure that our voter rolls uh, have integrity and that your vote, as sacred as it is, is not undermined by having these rolls just taken advantage of. And also so people know that, yes, your vote does count. And Mike's race and my race, I won by 109 votes, and Mike won by 333. That's amazing. So we want people to realize it really is important to vote. And we want to stop this narrative that the Democrats keep putting out that somehow Republicans want to suppress the vote. Quite the contrary. And why it's so important, uh, Mike, who is just a, a great American hero. I mean, he is a Naval Academy graduate, a former pilot. Um, he's a strong conservative. I'm actually a Naval Academy mom. My son graduated from the Naval Academy. That's right. He's serving in the Marine Corps. So between the two of us, we think about all the people in this great country who have either lost life or limb to preserve the right to vote, a cornerstone of our representational government. And so we want to make sure that everyone votes. We'd like to see every single legal person get out and vote. We don't want to suppress votes. 
we want to stop the vote harvesting that is going on with Democrats. And I call it vote trafficking because it's really illegal, a lot of the things that they're trying to do with their signature legislation, which is called H.R. 1. And you've heard other people call it the Corrupt Politicians Act. Right. It's that, too. But there's so much in that bill that it's so bad uh, for for our country and would actually federalize elections and allow the federal government and whoever the partisan leaders are of the federal government, whether they're Republican or they're Democrat, would completely control elections at the state and local level. And that's just something we can't allow to happen, you know, especially, you know, I'm a, a great believer in our Constitution and preserving it and our Tenth Amendment rights and the understanding that actually all the rights that aren't uh, taken away from us by the federal government are actually preserved under our Constitution uh, for the states and for the people. Yeah, such a great point. And as you know, the founding fathers intended for the local and state officials to have that control in the election, not to have it federalized the way H.R. 1 is is proposing. Now, a, a sidebar to this uh, epic fight for election integrity has been what went on in Atlanta. Georgia passes a law. Uh, Stacey Abrams creates a counteroffensive against it. And Major League Baseball just pulls its all-star game out of Georgia and moves it to Denver. Uh, it costs $100 million by most estimates for African-American businesses in the Atlanta region. Uh, you have some concerns about MLB and, and its antitrust exemption. Talk about what, what might happen on that front. Yeah, well, when I first saw this, I, I realized uh, our President Joe Biden just took a knee-jerk reaction, just jumped on the issue and said, oh, these are, you know, because Stacey Abrams says so, uh, this has got to be a bad law. And they immediately hurt all these businesses by saying, we're going to move the all-star game out and we're going to put it over and uh, we're going to you know, move it to Colorado, which actually has much harsher election laws. They do. So it was a mistake. <laughs> it's just, it's, uh, you know, they, and with that, you know, it's, they're so unself-aware. I think the right move would have been to say, oops, you know, we made a mistake. Let's go back and uh, correct ourselves. But they didn't, you know, so they're doubling down on this. And, and really what they're doing is undermining integrity. They're claiming that somehow uh, people who, uh, you know, requiring, for example, uh, people to show a voter ID, you know, something that's 70 percent of voters and most Democrats actually support voter ID. But, you know, some of the other rules that they said, well, they made a mistake. They said, well, you know, we're um, we're actually they're actually suppressing the vote and having less days when, in fact, the opposite was true. So my concern is, why is MLB getting involved in politics at all? This is more of the politicization of our culture. You know, more, everything we do has to have politics. It's like the moving the Supreme Court and packing the court, adding nine to 13. Right. So we have a super legislature. Just another legislature is what the Supreme Court is going to be reduced to, which is exactly the opposite of what it's supposed to be. So I see the MLB here. They have these special exemptions. Uh, they, you know, nobody else can engage in the, in the type of business that the MLB is. It's a preserved uh, antitrust uh, exemption that they have. Let's get rid of that. Let's make them compete like everyone else and have to be accountable to everyone. So say a professional baseball player would like to go out and start their own team, but well, you can't do it because MLB has a monopoly. That's actually contrary to what our system of government stands for. And so make them compete just like everyone else. And I bet if they hadn't had this antitrust exemption, they might have thought twice about what they've done to businesses and, and to the MLB in, in politicizing it and going down that road. I think people have to feel the, I know there's a lot of pressure in society, particularly with young people, but we have to have the courage to stand up for what's right. And we have to be able to admit when there was a mistake. 
I think the greatest move would have been for our president and Stacey Abrams and others to say, you know, we made a mistake. And let me tell you something. The commissioner of the MLB is a great guy. He's from my district. Yeah. He's from Rome, New York. You know, so, uh, you know, Rob, Rob Manfred, Manfred from yeah, New York, for from sure. New York. And so I think that they just, you know, we cannot continue to politicize everywhere where we have some kind of, uh, you know, sanctuary away from politics. I love baseball. I love sports. I love to go to an event. But the last thing I want to deal with, since I deal with politics all day like you do, I like to <laughs> relax. I like to see great athletes. I like to see entertainment. I like to see something other than politics in my life. And that's one of those safe havens we've, we've taken away. It's such a great point. And, you know, it's in business now. It's everywhere. I mean, you've got Coca-Cola. you got all these companies. Can't say that. And I think your message is stick to baseball, stick to business, and leave politics to politicians. And and um, and let's get back America to normal. It's so it's so amazing to watch. Um, we you you've been a very strong voice for years on the border and the importance of security. In fact, I th- I think I saw you tweet out recently a famous Ben Franklin quote uh, that uh, if you are willing to give up a little of your liberty for safety, then you probably don't deserve liberty or safety. Um, how concerned are you about uh, what's going on at the border and uh, you know the, the lack of COVID protocol, the lack of preparation, the overrunning of the local communities at, at the southern border? What are some of the things that uh, uh, are going wrong and where, where can we create fixes? Where are there bipartisan fixes? Yeah, this is another issue that's being distorted and uh, wrongly maligned by uh, the left. Uh, and our, unfortunately, the administration refuses to do something about the border. I did visit the border. I was in the El Paso sector. Uh, I got to see firsthand, I went to a child processing center and I also went to the border itself. And you know, much like our right to vote that I alluded to earlier, the right of citizenship should also be something sacred. And I think our newer immigrants actually have in some ways more respect and reverence for being a citizen of this great country and the freedoms that we preserve and protect and yet on the border, what I'm seeing is if only uh, our vice president, who is tasked with you know, dealing with the situation now by the president, would just go and speak with border agents and see what they're dealing with on a daily basis. This is about enriching cartels, people who are human trafficking children, you know, young children, sometimes there's adults, but it's particularly the children that is so egregious. And we've seen these horrible uh, videos of children being dropped over the border oh, wall yes. or children being left in uh, abandoned areas to press a beacon and and our border patrol instead of patrolling the border to keep illegal fentanyl and illegal immigrants and people who would do harm to this country you know who could be on the terrorist watch list instead of doing that we're rescuing these children from human traffickers and once these children get across the border you know they're going into the country they don't really know if you know they said that my i have an aunt or uncle that live somewhere or a parent. We don't even know if that's true, but the money being made and funneled uh, for this purpose is so wrong in so many ways. It, it's inhumane to the children, you know, and our border agents, I have to give them, they were terrific when I met with them. Uh, this woman I met with on the border, I, I hate to even mention her name because I don't want her to get in trouble, but she, her name was uh, Chief Chavez. She was a real dynamic leader. She is so compassionate, cares so much about these children. We went in and talked to and met with a lot of the children, the ones who had already been through medical care. But again, when you mentioned diseases, seven times the rate of COVID virus uh, contraction rates of, from these children. Wow. The children, many of them have mumps, measles, uh, chicken pox, things oh. that we've eradicated for the most part. 
And then some of the adults even have tuberculosis. So we're bringing all these diseases into our country and a huge number of them have lice. So we have to deal with, you know, that process sure. when they first come in to, to eliminate that. And I feel so terribly for the kids. I mean, as a mom, I just, it just breaks my heart. I mean, it's, they don't know why they're there. They just know they're there because somebody has sent them there. And, it's sad. and what we need to do is close the border off. They showed us all along the border areas where the wall, you know, the wall uh, barriers, they call them barriers, not a wall. Right. But where all the bastions are all lined up and piled up with the wall that's been paid for just needs to be completed and constructed mm. to slow down the flow of people across the wall. And, we're, we, you know, Joe Biden's, uh, our president's executive order right off the bat yeah. immediately just cut off all the policies of the of the Trump administration, not because they were good or bad policies, just because they were Trump policies. And that really seems to be the only rationale at this point. You mentioned the health situation where you have uh, people, you know, sitting side by side by side where not, there's not masks, there's not social distancing. I think even Anthony Fauci said uh, the border situation is not complying with the COVID rules that we're asking the rest of America to. Is there an impending health crisis that could break out there because of the way this has been handled? Well, I, there could be. I will tell you this. I have heard, and this is anecdotal, right. that a lot of these children are being bused to airports, being put on unmarked planes, and being taken to various parts of the country. You know, potentially, I mean, obviously, children uh, have a different level of, of um, reaction to the COVID virus, sure. but they still are capable of spreading it, as with their family members. But, you know, I got, on the, I got in the airport in El Paso to fly out, and there were children uh, that were obviously people from the processing center who were there, who were being flown somewhere at taxpayers' expense, by the way. All of this is at huge expense to the taxpayers. Yeah. And, 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 the, and, and you think about all the money we're spending when we had come up with some pretty decent solutions. I'm not saying they were perfect, but they were better solutions to slow this down, to help the border, uh, you know, protect the border from, you know, dangerous people as well. I mean, you know, we, That's as you the know, they there, there were dangerous people coming across the border. They indicated to me that when I spoke with agents, there were 39 different um, people from 39 different uh, countries coming across the border, not just South and Central America. They were coming from all over. And the price for bringing someone from Europe or the Middle East or Asia is even more for the cartels to get them across the border. So, uh, you know, I, it's just a, this problem is sad. I mean, I look at there are five million people allegedly, waiting in line to become mm. legal citizens of this country. Some of them are friends of mine, you know, from the former Yugoslavia who sure. didn't get uh, asylum. They're living in Canada. They're from all over the world who cannot get, they're waiting in line to do this legally. And so at some point we have to say, do we respect the rule of law? Do we respect the sacredness of our citizenship and how valuable it is to be a citizen of this great country? You know, you want, to, you want to reap the benefits of this country, but there are also obligations. There are obligations of citizenship. Voting is one that I hope people see as, you know, obviously you don't have to, but, you know, see or, you know, joyfully do the things that you get to do freely that you can't do in other countries. And I, I think that's where we have got to get back to those kinds of roots in this country, which I think we've lost our way in some way by the politicization of everything that's up in Washington. It, uh, it it really is. And, I, and so many people in the, the main America, away from all of the centers of power, just can't, they're rolling their eyes. They can't believe some of the conversations that are going on. Now, you, you've won a race in a very tight uh, district, and, and uh, you keep finding winning formulas in an era where Democrats are saying voter ID is Jim Crow. Uh, uh, you can't use the word illegal or alien. 
uh, and that uh, to insist on law and order at the border or just following the law at the border is racist. There's all of these sort of uh, catchphrases that they've done. What is a winning message? If, if Republicans are going to win back the Congress in 2022, what do you think are the key issues, the key messages? You often talk about using the right words, the right terminology. Where can Republicans succeed in 2022 with all of this other insanity going on? Well, I think there's common sense and reasonableness. I mean, concepts like defunding the police, uh, allowing people to end over the border without having any proof, imposing penalty, you know, the taxpayers with this massive debt, uh, putting out infrastructure bills that only contain 9% or 6% of actual yeah. infrastructure that deal with social programs and engineering and power grabs and, and moving, shifting power away from the people in the states into the federal side. A lot of it, you know, just real general uh, rules. I mean, people are, people just want to deal with common sense. They don't want to be uh, controlled. I mean, I can tell you a difference, though. A lot of people maybe listening on this podcast are from other parts of the country. I go from New York, and I, and I love New York. I live across the street from the house I grew up in. It's a wonderful community. How cool is that? It's, yeah, I mean, I actually live in our former congressman's house who was in Congress in the 60s and 70s. Wow. And uh, he built it as his retirement home, and I, we, my husband and I bought it from our widow. But, you know, our, there's a, there's a, a, la- a lack of uh, sort of common sense and innocence, even in New York. And New York has become so um, laden with bureaucracy and government and government control. You can almost feel the oppression in New York from the government for rules, for everything that we have. And there's no sense of freedom or allowing people to live their lives uh, in the way that they choose. And I think that that's a big problem that I see that people want to look for freedom is an important, an important element of what we stand for. It's everything our constitution stands for. So to me, I would say going out and talking about being free. I mean, we are taxed to the hilt in New York. We have so many rules and regulations. We have just oppressed our small business community to the point where most people can't survive. We've been taken over by these big box stores and big companies. Uh, that can displace all those small business owners. I'm a small business owner. I mean, we're lucky we're still alive. We're in our 75th year. We do small manufacturing, but boy, we've had our hard days and the COVID crisis nearly knocked us out, especially with the lockdown. We struggled to become uh, an essential business because we were doing some work. And so it's been a real struggle. And that's what you see typically in upstate New York. And I'm talking about central New York, not New York City. And so to me, the, the secret is common sense. I mean, some of these things the Democrats are proposing are just way, they're just so radical. And they're almost, they almost have an, an outer, you know, communist type of feel to them. And I hate to use that word, but the authoritarianism of everything they're trying to do um, it concerns me. And everything seems to boil down, you know, to race, to gender, to class, uh, instead of about freedom and preserving individual rights and the things that we can all agree on. And uh, I think that's what the problem is. And, I, you know, there's simple concepts, but, you know, this huge bureaucratic state is actually what caused my election to be so close. I mean, they, got, they deliberately created chaos. Uh, they made the election system so overburdened uh, that the people in charge at the Board of Elections weren't able to handle the election, which is why it took 101 days to count my vote. Uh, you know, amazing. we were registering and vote counting votes in January and February for a race that occurred in November. So one key point in my race is that the, this judge, who is a Democrat, by the way, an elected Democrat judge, did not stop at some procedural gate in dismissing the case in my, in my case. He said, no, we're going to count every vote. Not only that, we're going to register voters who were not registered because the bureaucracy 
was too great for them to get their job done. And the resources provided by Governor Cuomo were inadequate for them to get the job done. Wow. And we counted every vote. We went in and counted the votes. And I ended up prevailing in that. So that's my message, you know, to, to go back to the beginning is every vote should count, every legal vote. And we need everyone to feel how great it is to get the opportunity to vote freely. You know, you don't have Vladimir Putin looking over your shoulder That's... and actually the state knowing how you vote. You know, the, the secrecy of our ballot is really important too. So I think those are just basic concepts, you know, common sense, uh, you know, people that, that show that they're compassionate and they're advocates and they care about our community. I think those are really key elements. Yeah, and in, 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 in this era, it's easy to draw the contrast. I think uh, you've done a great job in a lot of things that you've been talking about. There's just uh, everyday Americans just want to go about their way, have their freedom, and, and not have their government get in the way of their life every minute. And I think that common sense uh, theme is going to be all through the next uh, next couple of years. Congresswoman, I can't thank you enough for spending the time. We can't wait to get back on the show again. You have so many interesting things going on in Congress and elsewhere. Uh, but we really appreciate your time and uh, and thank you for uh, all you're doing, particularly to illuminate what's going on at the border. That was an important trip you took. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And everything you do as a former newspaper owner and someone who wrote, I, my, my, my mission was to be an investigative journalist and provide the truth to my constituents, whether they're regardless of party. And I really right. appreciate what you do because you are bringing investigative journalism back. You're making it great again. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You're, you're making me blush now. <laughs> but as you know, you're only Keep as good as your work. next story. You got to get right back in the game every day. Yes. <laughs> well, Congresswoman, we're so grateful. And thank you for all you do. And we'll be sure to get you back on the show soon. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, folks. Welcome back. Yeah, What a great interview. So grateful that the congresswoman was able to spend that much time with us. Covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. I'm always proud of that. Always uh, love to learn from people who are on the front lines of trying to affect, implement, regulate, oversee federal policy. Uh, it's your money. It's your policy because you're the people. And it's great to be able to talk to the intermediaries, the members of Congress, the federal officials, the career civil servants. And I think today we got a taste of that from from the congresswoman. Very thankful for that. Now, before we go, uh, I always like to shout out somebody that uh, sponsors and backs us and remind you of the great 
services and products they have. And uh, you've probably heard that you shouldn't be eating more seafood, but maybe the seafood counter is intimidating, right? Or you aren't quite sure how to prepare it. That's one of my problems. I don't know how long to cook, sometimes cook fish. That's why you need our good friends at the Wild Alaskan Company. The founder comes from a long line of Alaskan commercial fishermen, and they're experts in getting the highest quality, sustainably sourced seafood right to your plate. Sustainably sourced, high quality seafood. What, what more could you want? That's what you want. They believe that what you eat matters. And as a member of the Wild Alaskan Company, you'll receive a variety of delicious, perfectly portioned, wild-caught seafood delivered right to your door. I like that. I really do. So you want to check this out. You got a hankering for seafood this weekend. You want to put something on the grill, put it in the pot. Yeah. Uh, it's springtime. Gets me thinking about fishing out in the lake or out in the ocean. Uh, well, we've got a very special opportunity for you. Right now, thanks to our good friends at the Wild Alaskan Company, you can get $15 off your first box of wild-caught seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash just news. No the in it, just news. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash just news. You get $15 off your first box. What a great idea. Try it. It's delicious. It's sustainable. It's high quality. It's springtime. You should be grilling out, thinking about a, a seafood uh, dinner for your family at home, at the dining room table, in the comforts of the great home. And our good friends at the Wild Alaskan Company have got a great deal. They support us. You should support them. Keep them in mind this weekend if you're looking for a unique idea to uh, cook out at your home. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. So thankful you joined us. So grateful that we were able to get so much time with the Congresswoman. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another great guest, more cutting-edge journalism. Stay tuned. Uh, and whenever you need a fast news fix, you know where to go, justinnews.com. Tomorrow, here at John Solomon Reports, we'll have some more great guests, more breaking news, more investigative reporting, all the stuff you love. Have a great night. God bless you. And God bless this great country of America, as he always has. Thank you.